Now, I wonder, as I put up this image on the screen, if you could tell me who these guys are. All right. The Mr. Men and the Little Misses. I wonder if that takes you back to childhood memories or maybe present day. Um, and I wonder if I was to ask you the question, if you were to describe yourself as a Mr. Man or a Little Miss, who would you be? Hmm. As I look around the room... Um, few Mr. Mischiefs out there, right? Mr. Happy, Mr. Bump, maybe, Little Miss Sunshine, don't know, Little Miss Chatterbox. But I think we'd all relate, um, maybe, to this guy, Mr. Forgetful. Would you relate to him at all? I know in my house we definitely do. You'll often hear me shout out, Lise, where's the keys? Um, Lisa may be shouting back to me, have we, have I turned off my straighteners? Have we packed everything? What's that person's name again? Oh, I recognize the face, but I don't remember the name. Again, Mr. Forgetful. Maybe for you, that's not you at all. You, you've got a brilliant memory, right? You back yourself to remember numbers and dates and anniversaries. You just got memory sorted. But I think for whoever we are, There is one area that we all are guilty of being little miss or Mr. Forgetful. And it's when it comes to our relationship with God. We can be guilty, can't we, to forget about God. Forget who he is. That he is our creator. (laughs) That he's our father. To forget what he's like. His goodness and faithfulness and trustworthiness. To forget what he's done for us. His salvation. His rescue plan. To forget what he says. His promises of. He loves us. No matter what. He forgives us. He's with us. And he will bring us to be with him one day. We forget don't we so quickly and so easily often. God. And because we forget. We turn from God don't we. When we forget about who God is, what he's done, what he says, what he's like, we often turn away from God and to other things. Often really good things, but we turn to them instead of God. Things like our families, children, spouse, friends, good things, our job, our reputation, our achievements, a car, a house, a holiday. All good things, but the problem comes when we turn to those good things looking for God things. Looking for satisfaction. Looking for approval and acceptance. Looking for rescue. Looking for salvation maybe even. When we turn to good things for God things, it becomes a problem. And Isaiah, Isaiah 46, where we're going to focus our time and build our songs and our prayers this evening around, Isaiah is writing to a people facing the same problem of forgetfulness. If you do have a Bible, it might be worth getting out and getting open. Isaiah 46, some of the words will be on the screen to help us as well, but if you've got a Bible, turn there as well, Isaiah 46. And Isaiah is writing to the Israelites who are in captivity, in the superpower of the ancient world, Babylon. And as they live in a a home that's not their own and surrounded by gods of the Babylon people, 
They're tempted to forget. Tempted to forget God. And tempted to think that the gods of the Babylonians are bigger, better, stronger, faster than the God that they know and trust. And so Isaiah and Isaiah 46 writes to set the record straight. Both for them then and for us now when we face the problem of forgetfulness. Let me read to us starting in verse 3 of Isaiah 46. It's on the screen as well, but follow along in your Bibles if that's more helpful. Here's what Isaiah says as God speaks to his people. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it onto their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. Now what I'd like us to do, and I think Isaiah invites us to do, is this almost a compare and contrast exercise. He almost sets up God and idols, and he leaves it to the people who read this and to us to compare between them. What are idols like? What is God like, and how do they compare? So we're going to do a bit of an interactive exercise here. We're going to start from verses 6 and 7. I'm going to invite Lisa up to the front so you can read her writing. She's going to make some notes on the board. And what I'd like you to do is to look down on your Bibles or to look up on the screen. And the first question is to throw out to me so Lisa can write down. What do you learn about idols in these two verses? Okay, we're going to try and capture them on the board. Does that make sense? What do you learn? What do you see about idols from verse 6 and 7 of Isaiah 46? Yes, man-made. We see that, don't we? They're made by a goldsmith, maybe. They're made out of gold and silver. They're man-made creations. They're man-made, good. Lifeless. Lifeless. Yeah, lifeless. They can't move. They are placed in a spot and they can't move from that spot. Yes, what else have we got? Expensive. Expensive, yeah. Really good in terms of what they're made out of, the silver and gold. Yes. Yes, people do trust in them. They they worship them. Yeah, people put their trust in these things. Unresponsive. Unresponsive. Yeah, they can't speak. It says there, even though people cry out to them, they cannot answer. Unresponsive. Dave? Cannot save. save. Yeah, they cannot save people from their troubles. Nigel, are you going to have one? Oh, you're going to have that one. Dave got there first. Anything else? Can't move. Right, they physically can't move. They they are stationed to the spot and they can't move from that place. Any final offers? 
They have to be carried. Good, Len. Thank you. They have to be carried. Okay, really good observation. So let me go through these. Idols, man-made, lifeless, expensive, unresponsive. They cannot save. They are worshipped. They cannot move. And they have to be carried. What about God? Right? In verses 3 and 4. How does he compare in this compare and contrast exercise to the idols? Again, to the floor, shout out some of the things that you see there. All right, see that one, Len? See almost the complete opposite there? The idols, we carry the idols, but what does God do for us? He carries. Really good. Creator, right? Again, see the opposite there? We have created things, and then here we have the creator. He can save, right? Idols can't, whereas God can. Yeah. He sustains us. Yeah, again, this kind of opposite of here, we're kind of making and sustaining these idols, whereas God is the one who sustains us. He speaks. Can he does? He speaks. We cry out to idols and they cannot answer, but yet God, he speaks as a speaking God. Dave? He'll be there forever for us. This eternal, this consistently from old age, um, from birth to old age, he's there consistently. Yeah? Good. A promise, a guarantee. It's not a possibility. He will. He will. He will. He will. So see, we have this compare and contrast exercise. Isaiah setting up idols and Isaiah setting up God. And he kind of leaves this question in verse 5. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? The answer? <laughs> Nothing. No one. God is incomparable. We, uh, do you want to look at the list again? It's, it's so obvious. It's so obvious that these things can't do anything and God can do everything that they cannot do. And yet we forget. Right? We forget so quickly, so often, so easily. And we turn to these things rather than God himself. That's the problem, right? Our forgetfulness. Our forgetfulness of who God really is. So what's the solution? Well, Isaiah does have one for us. And a little bit later in the service, we're going to get there. But for now, we're going to sing some songs. And we're going to pray some prayers. Kind of as reflection and of confession of saying sorry to God. For those moments where we turn from him to these other things in life that are good things, often. But when we seek God things from them, they become problems. And we forget so quickly and so often of who God really is. So we're going to start by singing some songs. Rob's going to lead us in some prayers and some moments of quiet for us to reflect and to confess to God those areas of our lives ourselves. And then we'll pick up a little bit later on with the solution to this problem of forgetfulness. Over to you, Rob. So, Isaiah 46, Mr. Forgetful, if the problem is we forget, we forget who God is, we forget that there's nothing and no one like him, and if we, and as we forget, we turn from God, 
to other things that are good things but not God things and won't satisfy in the way God can in terms of joy and satisfaction and salvation. If the problem is that we forget, what's the solution? Well, remember. If the problem is that we forget, Isaiah's call to the people then and to us now is to remember. Here's what he says in verse 8 and 9 of Isaiah 46. Again, have it in your Bibles open, but I'll read it through on the screen. Here's what it says. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me. We're called to remember who God is, that he is God. There is no other. He's the one God. He is the true God. He is the only God. We're called to remember that God is God. There is none like him, that nothing compares to him. Nothing and no one comes close. We're to keep it in mind. See that language you use? We're to keep it in mind. We're to think about this. We're to ponder it. We're to meditate on that truth that he is God and he alone is God. And not only are we to keep it in our minds, but we're to treasure it in our hearts. You see that there as well? To love the truth that God is God and there is no other. To live by the truth that God is God and there is none like him. Engaging our minds and engaging our hearts as we remember these truths about God. As you came in, you were given a poster note and a pen. Now is probably about time to get those out. If you don't have one, Lisa is at the front available to give you one. And here's what I'd like you to do. Okay, take your pen and I'd like you to write the phrase on one of the post-it notes that's in yellow on the screen. Again, we've made it personal to us. The passage says, I am God, God speaking. But we're going to write, God is God, there is no other. God is God, there is none like him. Can you do that? Can you write that on one of the post-it notes? I'll give you some time and space to do that. Write that phrase. God is God, there is no other. God is God, there is none like him. Good, are we all done? Good, right, take the post note, stand up, okay, and what I want you to start doing is by sticking it on your head, okay, stick it on your mind, engage your mind, take it to mind, it says, and stand up, and an act of remembrance, almost acting this out, I want you to turn it up, I want you to turn to someone else, okay, and I want you to remind them of the truth that's written on their heads, so if it was Nigel and Helen, Helen would tell Nigel, God is God, Nigel, and there is no other. God is God, there is none like him. And Nigel will tell it back to him. Can you do that? Find a partner and remind them of the truth that's on your head. Good. Good. If you've done it once, do it again. Turn the other way. Okay. Good. <laughs> Caroline, do you want to tell me? God is God. There is no other. God is God. 
There's none like him. God is God, Caroline. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. Okay, now what I want you to do is take it off your head, put it on your heart. Right? Engage your heads, engage your hearts. Go and find someone else and tell them the truth. God is God, there is no other. God is God, there is none like him. Okay. Do you want to tell me, tell me the truth? What, what's the truth? God is God. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. God is God and there is no other. God is God and there is none like him. Amen. Amen. God is God. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. None like him. Thank you, Nigel. Okay, good. Tell one final person. Okay. And then go back to your seats. Can we say it together? Can we say it together after three? One, two, three. God is God. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. As you did that exercise, putting it on your hearts and putting it on your heads, I hope you noticed two things. Hopefully, hopefully you noticed the smile on the person's face as they said it, that they knew it was true, that God is God. There is no other. God is God. There's none like him. Pray it brought you joy to hear it and joy to say it. But I also pray you noticed that what kind of happened. Did that happen to you? Yeah, you're, you're trying to chase after your postal note. Because what happened? Right? What do we do? We forget. Right? Just like a postal note, we say, oh yeah, God is God, there is no other. God is God, there's none like him. Oh, God is God, there is no other. God is God and none like him. But tomorrow morning, right? And what will I do? <laughs> I'll forget who God is, and I'll turn. (laughs) Stick on the computer, yeah. What do I do? I turn from God to another thing. And I treat it as God instead. So what do I need to do? Pick it up again. Put it back on again. Right? But what will happen? (laughs) It'll fall off again. So what do I need to do? Get a tattoo, right? (laughs) Get masking tape. Stick it on my head. Right? Hey... But that's what God's doing by his spirit, isn't he? He's impressing on our hearts and on our minds the truths as we journey with him through life until we meet him one day. We will remember, slowly but surely, and we'll see him and live for him one day perfectly. And as we remember, we turn back. As we forget, we turn away. As we remember, we turn back. We turn back to his goodness, his faithfulness. And we love him and we live for him. We seek to share him to the world around us. So Isaiah 46 is really good, isn't it? It's really helpful. He gives us this compare and contrast exercise of, of showing us and reminding us once again of how much a folly it is to chase other gods other than God himself. He points out the problem that we have is that we forget so quickly and so easily that God is the only God and there is no other. And he calls us to remember. <laughs> to remember What? Can we say it one more time together? God is God. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. And you'll forget. And as you forget, put it back up, put it back on. And remember each day, each moment, each decision, each conversation, that God is God. There is no other. God is God. There is none like him. Take it away this week, right? Will you put it somewhere that you'll see regularly and often? 
maybe write a new post-it note, something that will uh, be bigger and bolder and you'll catch your eye more easily. But remember this truth this week, that God is God, there is no other. God is God and there is none like him. And as we, as we remember and as we turn back to God, here's where Isaiah finishes. Hopefully you can see that. If not, open your Bibles and read it in a bigger print. But here's how he finishes. This is the God we turn back to. Isaiah 46, verse 10 to the end of the chapter. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand. And I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What what I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted. You who are now far from my righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near. It's not far away. And my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. Again, we just see three points there. We turn to a God who is sovereign. Hopefully you saw that in those verses. We turn to a God who is faithful. And we turn to a God who is a saving God. His salvation is near. His salvation has come in the person of Jesus Christ. So can we stand? Can we sing some songs of praise? of thankfulness that the truths we've looked at from Isaiah 46 are true. His salvation is near. It has come in Christ. He is sovereign. He is faithful. And then we'll have some more time praying together. Um, and Rob will lead us in that as well. So let's stand and let's sing some songs of praise together.